All right, Rabotai, Purim is coming up and I wanted to share with you um, the Divre Torah from Rav David Abu Chatzera, Ateret Roshenu. He was the holy Rav who was murdered in the early 1900s. And um, and he has a ma'amar in the Sefer Sechel Tov about Mordechai Tzadik. And I want to share with you a few experiences I had over the weekend also. I had a tremendous weekend I want to share with you. And, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it has a lot to do with the personality of Mordechai Tzadik. So let's, let's delve into Mordechai Tzadik. Is Yehudi haya b'shushan habira u'shmo Mordechai ben Yair Ben Shim'i Ben Tish Ish Yemini. Okay, so let's rev- let's review that. There was a Jew in Shushan Abira. His name was Mordechai, the son of Yair, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish Ish Yemini, a man from Yemin, from the Shevet of Binyamin. Why does the pasuk have to have to go through all of these details? Rav David Abu tells us the following: Ish Yehudi coming to tell you that Mordechai Tzadik got to where he got to because he stayed away from three different capital Averot that everybody else fell under and why um, why the Gzeira of Purim happened. Number one, what's the antithesis? What's the opposite of Judaism? Avodazara. Bowing down to idols. Everybody at that time, uh, the Nebuchadnezzar, during that time, right before the, the time of Purim, brought in the culture of Avodazara that a lot of Jews fell prey to that. So Mordechai Sadiq was different. Is Yehudi. He was a Jew. Which means that he made sure that he didn't, that he stay, stayed loyal. No matter if Haman passed by and he had a Salem, Mordechai Tzadik stayed strong. And he set the message and he set the tone. Ish Yehudi. That's number one. Number two. He was from Shushan Abira. Why do we have to know that he was from Shushan Abira? Because that was cap, that was strike two against the Jews. Capital punishment number two. That they enjoyed the Seuda of Ahasuerus. Now by the way, the Seuda of Ahasuerus is totally kosher. It was totally, uh, it was totally, um, you know, made with the best hechsherim and Pesach programs as possible. But the issue was that Achashverus was celebrating the demise of Judaism. Because he calculated that the Bet HaMikdash was going to be rebuilt at his time already. Seventy years was passed and it wasn't rebuilt. And therefore he, he took out all of the vessels of the Bet HaMikdash and said, here, give up. So basically, any Jew who participated was giving up that they have any future that Hashem is going to save them. He didn't buy into that. He knew that Hashem was always going to be around, that he is going to be able to make it. He thought that even if I don't go, I'll be able to make that difference. I'll show them that hope is not lost. That was, that was Mordechai Yatzadik, that he wasn't Nene Mesiudato Shiloto Rasha. So that's number two. And number three, Ish Yemini. This is what's interesting because David Abu explains that one of the one of the uh, reasons why Bnei Israel 
had to suffer for what they did during the time of Purim was because of that old sin of the of the brother selling Yosef HaTzadik. Who wasn't at the sale? Binyamin, right? Binyamin wasn't at the sale. So Ish Yehudi, that he didn't bow down to Avodah Zarah, Bishushan Habira, that he came from the capital where they made the party and he didn't participate. Ish Yemini, he was from he was from uh, Binyamin. That wasn't by the sale of the uh, of, uh, of of the um, of the uh, of of Yosef Atzadi. It was unbelievable. Yes. Wasn't Reuven also not part of the sale? Reuven was also not part of the sale, but he had all these other zechutim. Mordechai Tzadik had these other zechut that, that that came to him also. He also had this zechut. And says Reb David That's why who Ben Yair. Ben Yair, in other words, coming, come, comes Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov and he, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi David and he says like this. He was the son of somebody that was Meir, he, that, that he lightened all of Yisrael. <clears throat> and because of these three things, if you take a look at the Gematria of Yishihudi Haya, is Gematria 365, he made sure the Bnei Israel didn't sin in the 365 Averot. Unbelievable. And Mordechai is also the Gematria, Rechem Havaya, which is Rechem is also Ramach Mitzvot. The Ramach Mitzvot. So he stayed away from the 365 negative commandments and the 248 positive commandments. So he had everything in him to bring the Yeshua of Amisra. That's what Rabbi David says. And he says, therefore Mordechai was instrumental. I want to tell you something. I had the Zichut this weekend of participating in a conference in New Jersey with Many, many, many Roshe Kololim throughout the country. So you can imagine there was a lot of imported Rabbanim there. And on Motzei Shabbat, one of the Rabbanim spoke. His name is Rav Elia Brodni Shlita. He's the Rosh Yeshiva of the Mir Yeshiva. And he said something um, that really, really like hit home. There's a Gemara that tells us that there were certain individuals that Ilmolehim, if it wasn't for them, Torah would have been forgotten. If it wasn't for them, Torah would have been forgotten. What do you see from here? You see that there's a concept in Torah that people are indispensable. You know, there's a famous saying that the grave is full of indispensable people. In other words, they're always going to find somebody who's going to take over. If this guy doesn't do it, they'll find somebody else. Rabbi Brittany said, you see from here in Torah that it doesn't work that way. If you're not going to step up to the plate to do something, for the rest of history, it's not going to happen. Think about it. Think about it. That if you don't make that impact... If you're not inspired to start a certain program in your community, it wouldn't have gotten done. And that void would have been forever. It's not like somebody else would have done it. The truth is, I thought to myself that in the Megillah, it says a little bit opposite than that. Because it says that by, by Esther, Esther, who came to criticize Mordechai and say, listen, if you don't want to help, will be saved from, an, from somewhere else. I think the difference is, is that Esther was telling him that she knew that there was going to be a zechut, that Am Yisrael has a promise that they're always going to continue. But the, but the, but the, uh, the, the, the koach, the strength 
of who was going to do it and in what quality was gonna, it was going to happen, if Mordechai wanted to step up to the plate, Ish Yehudi Mordechai, then it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. You know, there was one Jew in America that started this whole revolution that started the Kolo movement in the country. His name was Ravarn Cutler. Ravarn, I want to tell you two stories. First of all, Ravarn Cutler came to the shores of America. He started a little yeshiva. So his grandson, of Malkiel Cutler, spoke on Friday night and he said, you know, my grandfather, when he started the yeshiva, he built the yeshiva in Lakewood. It was called, now it's called the Yashan, the old building. How many people are learning in Lakewood? 8,000 people? 8,000 Talmidi Chachamim learning there. This is at the time. He told himself, how is he going to fill up this whole Beth Midrash? He doesn't know how. He never in his wildest dreams had a dream to think that he'd be able to fill up the whole room just with Roshay Kololim alone. And that he never even dreamt. And he was speaking, Rabbi Malkil was speaking to a group of Roshay Kololim throughout the country. I want to tell you something else. And I heard this from another um, very special Tamil Chacham that Shabbat, Seudash Dishid. His name is Rabbi Hoberman. He's the Rosh Hashiva of the Long Beach Yeshiva. He said the following. There was, in 1880, there was a Jew who um, who had a tremendous amount of Mesut Nefesh, a tremendous amount of self-sacrifice. His name was Rabbi Eliezer Yaakov Chavez from Yanisuk. Okay? And this person really wanted to find a way how to support and how to really build Torah in Europe. So what did he do? Listen to this. He discussed this with Rev. Alexander Moshe from Lapidut from the city of Rysen. And he says, you know what you should do? You really want to help Judaism in Europe, which is floundering. You should go to Berlin to somebody called Ovadia Lachman. Ovadia Lachman from Berlin has a lot of money and present him your idea. This is 19, in 1880. Present him your idea that you want to build Torah in Europe. And if he really accepts this idea, then you could do things. He didn't really have a way of getting there, but he he decided to go by foot from Russian to Berlin. You know how long it is from Russian to Berlin? It's like going from New Jersey to Chicago. By foot. He finally got there. He walked and he walked and he walked. This Ravad Yalachman was so impressed. He decided that he's going to give him a thousand rubles, which is an enormous sum. Rav Shavis goes back to Yisrael Salanter in the city of Memel to ask him how to use these funds. And he told him that you should found a kolel for married scholars in Kovnu. And the Gadol Ador of Yitzchak Al-Khanan agreed to this. Not only that, that from that kolel, there was Rav Nassim's feet from Slovakia started his yeshiva. There was the Kelm yeshiva that came out. There was many, this tells you, there are many great, great institutions started from that goal. And that rejuvenated the whole yeshiva system in Europe, 
which was transplanted to America, which basically the Torah Judaism in America, because of Mark Cutler, and then there were Moshe Fah, and, and I'm sorry, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Ruderman, a, a lot of the Gedolim from there came, and that rejuvenated the, the, the Zchut. Why? Because of this Rav Shaves, his Mesirut Nefesh, and Rav Ovadia Lachman, that said that I'm going to support this cause. What happened if he didn't support this cause? It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been around. In 1987, there was a stock market crash. All the yeshivot in Eretz Yisrael were in tremendous distress. They were on the verge of collapse. Rav Shach went to Moshe Reichman, Paul Reichman. You ever heard of Paul Reichman? He was one of the great philanthropists of the Jewish world. He was on his, they were on their way, the Reichmans, of being one of the richest families in the world. Okay? Moshe Reichman was a, was a tremendous supporter of Thor. The debt at the time was a hundred million dollars. Usually you want to give money towards supporting things. Rav Shach asked Moshe Reichman to wipe out the debt. And he did. And he did. For a hundred million dollars. Rav Shach told him at the time something like this. He says, I can't think of somebody who has a greater zechut in creating and supporting Torah since the time of Ovadia Lachman to you. That's what he told Moshe Reichman. Think about it. It's an unbelievable thing. You have an opportunity in your life to make a difference for eternity that somebody else is not going to be able to do. That's the story of Purim. Ish Yehudi, Haya There is one Jew that made the difference. And if he wasn't around, who knows what would have happened. You're right, Revah Ve'atzala, something would have happened. But if it wasn't for that Ish Yehudi, there would have been a big vacuum. Hazaku Baruch.